Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by our brand new sister podcast, the creation of the uncompromising, ever-conquering candlestick will, the top 11 podcast. It's a list show that candlestick will, this is the brainchild of candlestick will, it's part of the Goldcast family, and we recorded our very first episode yesterday, and the episode that we recorded was our top 11 49ers of all time. Raymond, what did you think about the show? We haven't dropped it on the people yet. This will be released pretty soon here in the future, but I wanted to know what you thought about the episode. I thought it was a blast. I mean, how how much how much fun is it to sit there and put together a list of your favorite football players from your favorite sports team of your favorite sport? So, and, and not to mention to also have a, a supplementary list of players who maybe didn't make the primary list, but all, but also you hold in high esteem. So I thought it was, I thought it was great. Every list was a little bit different, a little bit the same. There were similarities and differences, so it really made for, you know, I th- I thought it was a, a a very well balanced show in terms of what everyone chose to do with their lists and and who who landed in what spot and and who who was the beginning and who was the top. I thought it was great. I thought it was great too. What I found really interesting was that upon. We're not going to give any spoilers, so no one's going to know what we what we put on the list. But what I found really interesting was that Candlestick Will's list essentially linked up with yours, linked up with mine. But then your list and my list were vastly different. He was kind of in the middle of both of us. Yeah, he bridged us together in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was really interesting. It was it's a fascinating. Uh, it's a fascinating conversation. There was a little bit of debate at different parts about who belonged on the list or or who was placed on certain people's lists, and that made it even more fun uh, for us, for me in particular, too. I, I loved kind of debating about, you know, how certain people made certain lists. And uh, definitely, what he, I think another fun factor was we didn't know. We, there was no pre-discussion as to who was on whose list. So we were all hearing each other's list in real time great episode we can't wait for it to drop it will be dropping soon so it's going to start on the gold cast feed but top 11 the top 11 podcast will have its own feed but it's all part of the gold cast family the familia le le gold cast all right here we go <laughs> yeah our, our french our french, french podcast our french spanish <laughs> podcast <laughs> la familia le gold cast <laughs> <laughs> All right, Raymond, before we get started, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at The underscore Goldcast, and you can also subscribe to us on Apple iPod, Stitcher, and YouTube, all under the same moniker of The Goldcast. And be sure to like and subscribe. Subscribe definitely gets you notifications when we go live if you if you like us that much and if you want to go a step further and actually interact with us twitter is one place youtube seems to be the hub where a lot of the fans meet although we do get twitter and instagram messages as well so you're welcome to use either one 
But uh, we do like to hear from you, especially on the preview episode, because the preview episode, we're going to go into the matchup, talk about the ins and outs of each team, and then give a prediction at the end of the show. And um, we always encourage the listeners to give out their predictions, too, in order to, because we like to read them and see how close everyone got on the follow-up episode, the recap. But, you know, the one quota is you got to give a score prediction. You can't just say, I think this team's going to win or that team's going to win. That's not going to get you uh, a shout out. Um, we need a score prediction. That's way it's, uh, that's, you know, part of the fun uh, of the prediction game is to try to guess what you think the score is going to be. Or you can give a prediction for uh, an individual player performance and see how that works. I like to give out those two. So, you know, whichever one or both, it's up to you. But either way, we like to hear from you. All right. And Raymond, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at RaySolise and Instagram at RaySolise1. And you can find me on Instagram at RudySolise3 and Twitter at RudySolise3RD. All right, folks. This is it. Once again, Raymond, I believe we have in front of us what has been coined a monster mimosa matchup. Oh boy, did I did I mimosa it up? <laughs> Here we go. 49ers at the Saints all the way in New Orleans. We have the preview coming. But first, of course, the greatest fanalist in the game, he's in the building. Your professor of fanalism? He's right here with a shiny apple. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! Raymond, once again... We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Same Gold Cast time. I think I incorrectly, last on the last episode, incorrectly had listed us as nine and one going into the Ravens game. We were 10 and one. I'm not sure if I corrected that or not. That was pointed out to me by our father, the unofficial third member of the gold cast who does listen by the way, which is why he gives us that feedback. Yeah. We get notes. We get notes now. We get no, now we, now we get notes from our, from our off, uh, off screen producer, Rudy Slees Jr. (laughs) Uh, but anyways, yeah, he does, he does listen a lot more now, which is great. it's great. He, you know, he's he's from an older era. Podcasts are very foreign to him. So just the concept of it is foreign to him. All right, Raymond, this week's Monster Mimosa Matchup, which is a, 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 a term you coined brilliantly. The Monster Mimosa Matchups are reserved for the biggest games of the week. And I would argue, again, the biggest game of the week this week has got to be the 49ers and Saints, at least in the NFC side. Maybe in the AFC side, you could argue that it's the it's the Patriots and the, the Chiefs, and you wouldn't be wrong. But on the NFC side, 100%, it is the 49ers going into New Orleans to face the Saints. This is a huge game. Very excited. Shaking off the rust of last week. It's done. It's over. Whatever. Next time, if we see the Ravens again, we will be exactly where we want to be, and I look forward to that possibility. But for now, we have an NFC 
to conquer, and it is against the Saints. The Saints stand in front of us now as the number one team in the NFC. Things have changed. The Seattle Seahawks are now in second place in the division. We are in fifth. And so these games, Raymond, have now become, they've all been must-win games because it is so tight. It's so, so tight in the entire NFL. So many teams with 10 wins or more. I want to go over some of my favorite stats. And then, Raymond, I will toss it to you. Right now, New Orleans is being listed as three-point favorites in this game. The, uh, the, total, the total over-under, they're saying, is 44.5 points scored. So let's talk about this right here. Let's talk about some... I feel like that spread, too, is, is residual from the Ravens' loss. Like, had the Niners won, they'd be carrying, you know, then I think the Saints would be the underdogs this week. Got it. Got it. Yes, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. So let's talk about the stats as, you know, the numbers always shift a little bit per week. So averaging 29.1 points per game this season, number two in the NFL. We're currently surrendering 15.2 points per game. New Orleans is averaging... 24.8 points per game this season. Ninth in the NFL. What we're surrendering, 15 points is second in the NFL. So we're second in offense, second in defense in terms of uh, points per game. New Orleans is surrendering 20.7 points per game this season. That's 12th in the NFL. Yeah, not not too far off from their, their, their scoring output. No, not that far off. Ours is huge, almost a 15-point That's difference. one possession. Yeah, ours is uh, two possession, just about two possession. Yeah, you know, one of the st- – I told you this. I said this in the last episode. The, the, or it, the total- it is a two possession, not just about. It is two possession. It is two possession. The total, total points combined that we've lost our two games by is six points. And every other single team that is over 10 wins that has uh, two losses is in double digits for all of their losses. We have – Barely, we have barely lost our games. Six points total. Okay, so this matchup, I would say, just based on on these on these numbers, these are numbers I really enjoy looking at. Just on what we're averaging, what we're surrendering, what New Orleans is averaging and surrendering, this team matches up really well in favor of the 49ers. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, I want to talk to you about what you're seeing. Let's go through the injury report and start getting getting further into this matchup right now. Well, as as we have, you know, kind of rearranged some of the the order in which we analyze these games, the first thing that now stands out to us, which we've addressed several weeks in a row now, is of course the practice reports, especially this time of year because. As many of you listeners know, and perhaps some of you don't, football starts to take a physical toll on a lot of these players. And so a majority of the teams are dealing with a multitude of injuries to starters, to people within the depth chart and whatnot. And that certainly is the case this week against both of these teams. We know that the Niners did not come out unscathed uh, from Baltimore, and neither did the Saints out of their game. Uh, the, I believe, the, what was it, the Thursday night game, or uh, the they played on Thanksgiving, right? That was their last uh, contest. But um, when we look at the practice report, I do see some optimism. We know that Eric Armstead left practice early today, 
and that was just for veterans rest. So he's good to go 100%, which we're going to need him because he's our top sack, sack pressure guy. Well, he's our top sack guy. Nick Bosa is probably the top pressure guy. So we're going to need both of them to really stay on top of Drew Brees, and which we'll get to. But on the Saints' side, this is what I see. I saw Andres Pete, who missed last game, who's their starting, their, uh, starting left guard. He was out. Well, it says tackle, but he's actually been playing guard this year, and he's got a forearm injury. He didn't play today. He didn't play last week either. Uh, Kiko Alonso, the starting linebacker who came over from Miami, Kiko Alonso, uh, coincidentally, is the same linebacker who sacked Jimmy Garoppolo when Jimmy Garoppolo was playing, played, attempted to play the four-game stretch that Tom Brady was suspended for and ended up hurting his shoulder and couldn't play the, the latter two games. He, they played against my, he played for Miami then. But anyways, he, he took out Jimmy Garoppolo in that game, the second game of, of that uh, two-game stretch for him. He did not play today. He's dealing with a thigh injury. A.J. Klein, the other starting linebacker, he did not practice today. Zach Line, the fullback, a pivotal piece to their offensive cog, he did not play today in practice. And another, and this was a huge one, the starting left tackle, Teron Armstead, no relation to Eric Armstead, is dealing with an ankle injury. He was limited in practice today. Zach Zach Line actually was limited in practice today too. Excuse me, he 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 did participate, but it was limited. But we have starting linebackers, starting guard, and starting another starting two starting linebackers that didn't play today, and a starting left guard that didn't play today. It is unsure whether they will start on Sunday. You know, I don't follow the Saints, so I couldn't tell you as to how what degree. It's leaning towards in one way or another. I just know that if they lose the starting left tackle and the starting left guard, that's going to have huge implications for our pass rush. On the Niners side, we have Matt Breda, who came, who was a full participant in practice today. Awesome. He was a full participant yesterday as well. D Ford uh, with the Cobb quad string or the, the quad string, the hamstring and quadricep. He was limited, but participated yesterday and today. DJ Jones with the ankle. He was limited yesterday, full participant today. George Kittle, limited yesterday and today. He will most likely play. Dante Pettis didn't participate yesterday, was limited today. Not too worried about that because he hasn't been a really significant cog in this offense. He's had flashes, much like he did last year, but he's had less flashes this year than last year. Debo Samuel, this is a big one. Uh, with the shoulder injury that he took from making that amazing sideline catch, he was a full participant yesterday and today. That's great. He will most likely play on Sunday. Emmanuel Sanders dealing with the rib injury. Not broken ribs per se, but or I think maybe there was a fracture with the rib. I'm not sure what the degree of it was, whether it was a fracture or just bruised ribs. He was a full participant yesterday and today. So both of our big starting wideouts will be most likely play on Sunday. That is huge for Jimmy Garoppolo. That is huge for the play-action pass. That is huge for the offense in general and for Kyle Shanahan in particular. Joe Staley was limited but participated the past two days. Richard Sherman was limited. He participated the past two days. Joukowsky Tart took that horrible knee from Mark Ingram. He has broken ribs, I'm told. He did not participate yesterday or today. That's not good. Joukowsky Tart, our starting safety, has been dealing with that horrible rib injury. We all saw it in the replay. He took the knee from Mark Ingram. 
I believe they are broken ribs. I don't believe it is bruised, which is not good at all. So he's dealing with a, seems like a slightly more severe version of what Emmanuel Sanders has been dealing with the past couple weeks, but he didn't participate today or yesterday. That's not good. And you can also see Matt Mayoko tweeted out that we signed Antoine Exum, former 49er, played with us. He was also in the safety position too. So he's familiar. He hits hard. He plays hard. And he had some moments where I thought he was going to stay on the roster, but then he he really got inconsistent in his second year with us and he ended up getting beat out by, you know, Ward and Tart. So, you know, but now he's now he's back again. And so hopefully he'll be ready to go if Tart can't go. Julian Taylor, defensive tackle, didn't participate yesterday or today. He's dealing with an elbow injury. And that concludes. I mean, that's it as far as the injuries are concerned. We have a lot of guys that are coming back that should play. So all of our big weapons will be there on Sunday. Kittle, Samuel, Sanders. That's, I think, the best news. And it looks like all three of our running backs will also participate. So that's huge. So all of our offensive weapons are going to be there for Sunday. It's the defense that's really kind of hurting a little bit now versus before the the previous uh, four weeks. It was the offense that was really kind of limping into each game. And so now, but I mean, it's not all bad. We still have our starting rotation and there's a good chance D Ford plays. I mean, the fact that he participated in both, both practices, albeit limited, is still a great sign. Tomorrow will be really the big indicator. If he practices again, then I think there's a good chance that he starts and we're going to need him too. We're definitely going to need him for sure. So this again has huge, as we mentioned earlier, has a lot of ramifications in the NFC right here. These are two very good teams. But I'll be honest, I think the 49ers are better. And I think that... Yeah, to me, to me, this feels reminiscent of the, the Green Bay game. Or the Green Bay matchup, I should say. I agree. I agree. 49ers were in Tampa this week practicing. They've stayed out on uh, that side of the country which is great. I don't like all the flying back and forth. I think it does. It's, it gets really hard on the body for these guys and they already go through yeah. enough. Yeah. They, they pretty, they, they did the exact same thing earlier in the season when they started off on the road and had to go to Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Yeah. They just stayed, they just stay, stay on the East coast. I think that's really the way to handle this. And this, this, this is all the makeups of a really exciting game, but in general, I think this defense is coming to play. And I think this I don't I don't believe that Breeze and company can withstand the the ferocity of this defense and this offense. This offense is really starting to take form. You're gonna be in a dome now. No weather issues. You're gonna be you're dealing with perfect weather conditions. Nope. You're, which means the play action pass will be there if if they're able to successfully run against this team, which I believe they will, then you're going to see a lot more play action than we saw last week. Absolutely. And I think that this this just this now last week I was a bit I was a bit more reticent. I ended up being right. Not that I'm proud of that. That's not a fun one to be right about in terms of how I thought we fa- matched up. This week I feel the opposite. I'm I I think that New Orleans is not as good as they as they seem, I do not think they match up well against us. And this is a game that I believe the 49ers will go in and win handily. Raymond, I want to hear your your predictions. Let's start going into what you think is going to happen in this game. So the first things that I always look at outside of practice reports, of course, is the trenches because plays start and stop here typically. 
And when I look at the offensive line versus their defensive line and vice versa, I think the their their defensive line, they don't have as many disruptors as we do, but they still got some players there. And they've got 40 sacks to match our 44 sacks. So they do get after the quarterback. There is no doubt that they can get after the quarterback. Cameron Jordan's really the one that's the big disruptor there. S- similar to, you know, Seattle. Seattle pretty much only has J- Jadavion Clowney. And much like the Saints, they he, Cameron Jordan's really the, the one that we have to look out for. That's going to be the matchup that is going to be key to really null. We have to nullify him. I mean, Marcus Davenport has six sacks too, but nobody else has achieved more than four sacks on this team. Outside of... Uh, I think JT or no, uh, Trey Hendrickson has four sacks, but other than that, everyone's like two here, half a sack here, one sack there. So a lot of, so the bulk of the pass rush really comes, comes through Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan. So those would be the two guys to stop similar to, to Green Bay. Green Bay had the Smith brothers that we had to stop. They had, they got to Jimmy G several times in that game. I think there's a good chance. These guys will get to Jimmy G once or twice. Our offensive line is not a hundred percent right now either. But I do like Joe Staley coming into practice. You know, I think when they threw him out there last time, he got eaten alive. I don't expect him to get steamrolled again if he does end up starting. And if it, if that does happen, don't be surprised if Kyle Shanahan pulls him and throws Brunsko right back out there. Because the last time that that happened where school was getting schooled, he pulled him out and put Brunsko in there. And then the pressure, the pressure really took a nosedive after that. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but I I would like to think that Staley can hold his own. He is a six-time Pro Bowler after all, so he knows what he's doing. He's been here a lot, albeit in his twilight years now. His body's starting to break down a little bit, but I believe he's got enough in the tank to hold up, especially in these big games like this, and he's played the Saints before. So I'll be, this is a different Saints team, but he knows the implications here because the implications are, are they're playoff implications here, which we'll get to in a minute. So to me, the big... But the big... The big matchup mismatch here is the run. This is very similar to the Ravens game in terms of the defense. So our weakness is the running, the the rushing defense. Although we're 22nd in the league, so we're we're bottom. We're the bottom 10 in the NFL. It's not a good place to be, but we're still well respected across the league, and our rankings certainly back that up. And for the most part, we slowed down. Mark Ingram was a non-factor in that rushing attack for the Ravens and he got TFL a couple times too. Well, I was going to say Raymond, we're we're you know, we're we're a bend but don't break team when it comes to the run. Well, you know, you, you will we'll let you run on us all day, but we're not going to allow that to turn into points. This is definitely a bend but don't break defense when it comes to the run. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And conversely, the Saints are a better rushing defense than the Baltimore Ravens. And we actually ran rampant over the Baltimore Ravens, in particular uh, across the edges. So Shanahan's going to be looking for the inside running game and also the edge running game. So how do the tosses and sweeps stack up against this group in addition to running between the tackles, which is the, the, the form of the zone running scheme that Kyle likes to run just as often as the edge stuff. So 
we'll have to watch that to see how that works out. They're third in the NFL in that category. I still think that because we have three different running backs that all have bring a multitude of different skill sets to the offense that it will help us establish the run so that we can establish the play action pass. And again, just like the Ravens, the this New Orleans defense, their weakness is in the secondary. We know that um, even though he didn't show up on the practice report, that we, but we know that Marcus Lattimore is not 100% right now. So even if he does start on Sunday, this is not 100% Marcus Lattimore, who's their best corner, although Eli Apple's also playing very well this season. So I, I imagine that Marcus Lattimore will most likely be lined up with Emmanuel Sanders, and Eli Apple will be lined up against Debo Samuel and, if not, George Kittle or they will switch off from the two. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they switch off with the coverage there. So it's just a matter of time of seeing, or seeing, you know, a game day, how this works out. But again, I see the advantage. So we're the number one pass defense in the league. And this is, this is that, that's what their strength is. This team is not a great rushing offense, despite having Alvin Kamara. I think because Alvin Kamara is now the bell cow, this this rushing offense was actually much more potent when they had the combination of Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, who both have different running styles, but Mark but Alvin Kamara is more versatile because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Mark Ingram can do that, but just doesn't. He just, he's more of a, a straight up power back, but he's a but he's a solid back nonetheless. And with the absence of him, we've really seen the rushing offense t- kind of take a hit this year regress a little bit because Alvin Kamara hasn't been hundred percent throughout the entire season because he's now the bell cow. So he has to catch and he has to run all full time now. And I think that bodes well in favor of us because we want Drew Brees to be one dimensional. We want him to try to look over the twin towers at his five ten six feet when he's in cleats height and try to throw the ball over our six cent six, seven, Armstead and Buckner. We want him to be in those scenarios. And then we want the edges to really close close the gap of any sort of stepping outside the pocket to try to keep plays alive. We want all that to be nullified. I think that the defensive line has a substantial advantage over this offensive line, especially if Armstead and Pete are not 100%. Or, will, especially if, or, if, they, if they're, like you mentioned earlier in this pod. And if, if they don't play. If they're, if they're down their guard and tackle, oh, pfft. Get ready. This is a wrap, and I I I, and, I don't want, I don't mean that arrogantly. So that's that's the left side. So that's Drew Brees' blind side. Yep, exactly, exactly. That means Nick Bosa's coming on that edge. That means Buckner or Armstead can come in from the inside of that side too. And if he pushes to his right, that means that you're going to run into D Ford or Buckner, Armstead, depending on how they line up, or DJ Jones. Or actually, I think DJ Jones is injured. Well, oh no, well, he's full participant today, limited yesterday. But DJ Jones, our big guy up front, who's, I think he's going to have a really, I think he's going to have a great, he's got a great matchup this week against stopping Alvin Kamara. I think, I think that totally plays in our favor. So again, where the weakness is, 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 is can Alvin Kamara get going against a defense that tends to bend a little bit in the running game? I think this rushing attack is not even near the level of the Baltimore rushing attack. It's not the quarterback this time. It's Alvin Kamara. Although, to be fair, Taysom Hill does get involved in the running game here. The the versatile 
running back, tight end, fullback, quarterback player. Punt, that they got punt Swiss, blocker. <laughs> yeah, the, the Swiss Army Knights. This guy's big enough and strong enough and fast enough to play special teams as as a as a gunner of all things. So this guy can do it all. And when Drew Brees calls it calls it a day, you know I believe this is the guy that they're going to go to. They've been he's been involved in in this offense since day one. They've not just let him sit on the bench and and you know, do what Teddy Bridgewater's doing. He's very much involved in a multi and he can play multiple roles. He doesn't even have to settle for quarterback. They could always defer to Teddy Bridgewater because he's more seasoned as far as the the mechanics and the technique are concerned and just throw Taysom Hill as a Swiss, keep him as a Swiss army knife. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see, but you'll have to go to the, the, the who dat cast for more, <laughs> in, for more in-depth, in-depth knowledge about the Saints starting lineup and and what the future of the quarterback position holds. I like how every every episode now we uh we reference <laughs> the the opposing teams uh fan podcast. Just so just so you guys know in case you guys are wondering, once a year there's a there's a summit. There's a secret summit amongst all the fan podcast and we we all go we all go and we we uh we we break bread and we we discuss we discuss uh uh ways in which we could become better as fan professors of fanalism yes and we discuss the 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 shout outs that each of each of us get given how the schedule lines up against each of their respective teams yes yes that's there's been a multitude of near fist fights between us and uh, the the uh, the Seahawks cast, which is uh, we we have many nicknames for them. Uh, yes, yes. This is a secret meeting that only only fan podcasts are invited to, and so every 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 other podcast we uh, we reference is uh, is is part of this secret meeting that uh, that we go to. And uh, yeah, the the, the who that cast. <laughs> yeah, the, the who that cast. <laughs> All right, and uh, so wrapping up the matchups here, the other big one that sticks out to me is the passing defense. So this is where the, the Saints are great up front against the run, but they're not their bottom half of the league in pass. They're 17th. And I know that our passing offense is ranked 16th, middle of the road, bottom half as well. But we know that by watching the passing offense that when the play action is clicking this is a state-of-the-art passing attack with the pre-snap motion and the play action the play action fakes and stuff all all of the, those two things the way they work and how and before the ball gets to one of our receivers or tight ends or running backs that's all state-of-the-art no one's doing that more or better than we are no one has more pre-snap motion than us and no one has more play action pass attempts than us so and Ram- if that gets going, then the Saints are I think they're in a heap of trouble because they are very susceptible in that category. Mark Slattimore's not hundred percent either. So that's so, another two factors that are going against them. So Raymond, let me ask you a question. You, this you led me right into que- this question because this is a this is a nickname I haven't been able to say. I wasn't able to say last week. I wasn't able to say on the last several podcasts, the last several gold casts. Raymond, will we see the return of not Jimmy Garoppolo? Will we see the return of Jimmy Garoppolo? 
Is he going to be back? Jimmy the gangster. Jimmy Garpolo, is he back? I think he is. And I and to be honest, I think he outduels Drew Brees in a similar to how in the dome. he outdueled Aaron Rodgers because weather's not going to be a factor. The running game, even against some of the better rushing defenses in the league, we have done well when our offensive line is healthy and when all of our backs are healthy. And that's pretty much going to be the case this week with Staley back in the lineup and Brunskill there to back him up in case he needs it. And all three of our backs healthy and everyone else is healthy. All of our receivers are healthy. Our tight ends are healthy and Kyle Juszczyk is healthy. So to me, I think that doesn't, doesn't matter that they're the third ranked rushing defense in the NFL, that Baltimore was the fifth ranked and we ran all over them over 150 yards. I don't know if we, we reach that same mark, but there, but I think considering the health factor, that is better than it was last week, I think our chances are equally as good. Nice. Okay, Raymond, final predictions, final scores. How does this game end? Fourth quarter goes down to zero. What's on the board? Who's the winner? To me, like I've said before, this defense, the last thing you want to be against this type of defense is a drop-back quarterback, a pocket quarterback. Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray all had successful outings against this defense because they're very mobile, they're very elusive, and in Baltimore's case, he is very much incorporated into the rushing attack. Drew Brees, like everyone else we've faced, is just like an Aaron Rodgers, just like who else did we play this 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 year that matters? He, I'm going to compare him to Aaron Rodgers because those are two very prolific passers, but he sits in the pocket. He does have some mobility, not as much as Aaron Rodgers uh, does, but he can move. He can step up in the pocket and he can move to his flanks if he needs to, to keep plays alive. And, and he, he, he does so great. He does so with the best of them His one disadvantage. And this is the, the, and even though it's a disadvantage, he's still like the most insane, the most precise passer in NFL history. He's 10% better than existing players and then our beloved Steve Young. He's just he's in the seventies in his completion percentage. He's just insane. But he's also very short. And if you can get some eyes to block his vision or to obstruct his vision, it's gonna be hard for him to get the ball out. He gets the ball out quick. He does get it quick, but it's gonna be if you can't see the guy, then what difference does it make on how fast you get the ball out? I think this is going to be similar to to the, the Green Bay game, where the pass rush is going to be in his face, on the edges, especially if all of them play. If D. Ford ends up playing, you got all four of the, the four horsemen working, working that line, then lots of luck, Drew Brees. Lots of luck. It's going to be similar fate to every other drop but quarterback we've played this year, where it's a multitude of sacks. So to me, I think this is similar to the Green Bay game. I think, I think Drew Brees, this offense is a little more potent than Green Bay, with the combination of Michael Thomas and Jared Cook, and who's more involved in this offense than Jimmy Graham is with Green Bay, and of course Alvin Kamara, who's who's just as good as Aaron Jones, even though he's a little. They're they're both really young backs and versatile backs. But I think either way, I say final score is probably going to be somewhere around the mark of thirty-three to thirteen. Wow, key smokes hokey smokes wow raymond i agree though ray 
I believe they're going to do a little bit better than you're saying. I'm going to say 31-21. I am actually going to go under Raymond. I'm going to say that the 49ers sack him three times. Three times this time, but it's still going to be a tremendous amount of pressure. But 31-21 is my final score. Ray, repeat your final score one more time. 33-13. 33-13 in favor of the 49ers will be the final score of this Monster Mimosa matchup. Yeah, and this, this just, to me, these types of quarterbacks really struggle against our pass rush. And that's 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 kind of the big that's the big one that sticks out to me because we've been so consistent against drop back quarterbacks that I just even though we're in the dome and on the road I just don't see the Saints coming out trying I I don't see the Saints making this keeping this close at least not in the second half I don't either we are in agreement I completely agree with you so what say you Goldcast Nation fold 49er faithful. What is going to be the final score of this game? Who is going to win? Let us know in the comments at youtube.com slash the gold cast. And we will reveal your predictions online next week when we do the recap episode of the 49ers at the Saints. I am very confident going into this game, Raymond. 49er faithful gold cast nation, you should be very confident going into this game. We are going to come out of our playoff dress rehearsal two and one. And that is way better than everyone expected. And that is a huge win for us. Then after that, it's on to the Falcons. Then we wrap up the division, and hopefully we regain the number one seed in the NFC West and the NFC. Lots of writing on this, Raymond. Well, this well, this one, this one is it's it's a super tight race. But right now, this is a big. This is had because of the loss last week. The playoff implications are even more pronounced now because if we lose. Then, then that means that by the time we get to Seattle in the final week of the regular season, it might not matter if we win that game because now the destiny is not going to necessarily be in our hands. If we, even if we win the game against Seattle, but we lose the game here and Seattle wins outright too, the records might not matter. Seattle still might have that tie-breaking edge because of of record wins. So we have to win this game in order to keep pace so that that game against Seattle becomes the decisive game. Uh, granted if if Seattle loses then it 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 won't matter as much, but assuming they will, which I think they will up to that game. I do think that this game is more important than the Baltimore game clinched us to playoff berth, but this one keeps us in competition for the number 1 seed. So this is a big game, and Kyle knows that. The team knows that. They all know that. So this this has much more pronounced implications than last week, especially with the loss. If the one, if they won last week, then it'd be like, hey, we're in the playoffs. Great. Now we're just playing for, you know, we're just going to try to keep pace for the seeding. But now it's like, no, no, no. Now the window of opportunity is starting to shrink because you only have three more games after this, and the the, the two games coming up after this are much more favorable games where I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle sat some guys to rest them. It, depending on if those, if those teams, I mean, Atlanta's not going to make the playoffs, but the Rams are still in the hunt and Seattle will most definitely be in the hunt at the end and will most likely participate in some form. 
So, but this, but it all starts with this game here, as far as the Niners are concerned. Yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. But stay confident. We've got this game. I really, truly believe we have this game. This is ours for the taking, and I believe we will take it. And yeah, I look forward to this monster mimosa matchup. Ray, any final thoughts before we go? Just to watch, watch the trenches. That's where the game's going to be won. I believe we have the advantage, especially with their left side not being 100% right now. But if we lose Tart on Sunday, that's going to be huge for guys like Jared Cook and Michael Thomas. So we'll have to watch that too. The pass rush is going to have to get to him before he can get the ball out to those big playmakers because that's going to be a big one. All right. And my final thought is go Niners. Let's go. Let's do this. We got this. And I just want to see the return of our boy, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's all I'm looking for. Give me that, and I'll be good. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time. Same this Gold is, Cast. This is the Gold Cast.